Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the podcast where we believe that the best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And a few of my favorite ordinary things are sleeping in on Saturdays, rereading old books, and late night conversations with my teens. Lisa Jo, I love a fire in the wood stove, that first cup of coffee in the morning, and flannel sheets on the bed. As usual, we are recording on the third floor of Christie's 100-year-old farmhouse called Maplehurst. And while we wish and actually plan to invite all of you to join us here at some point, the next best thing is to get a copy of Christie's brand new book called Placemaker, which is a behind-the-scenes look at all the nooks and crannies of this very special place. In the words of one of our favorite online nesters, Michael and Smith, she says, if you appreciate beautiful stories about house and home and all the many ways places change us as we go about changing them, Placemaker is the book you've been waiting for. But Lisa Joe, Placemaker isn't just about this old house. It also tells the story of every place that came before, from our first tiny apartment in Texas to a condo in the big city of Chicago, from failed DIY to a barn raising and all the trees I fell in love with along the way. I recommend pre-ordering your copy today as a gift to your future self, and maybe as a gift to a few of your friends, too. Look for it wherever you like to buy books. It will be in your hands March 12th. Oh, you guys, you bring us so much joy because this little podcast experiment of ours that started about six months ago now, (laughs) it's got listeners from all over the world and it's the craziest thing to us. I remember years ago, I had said to Christy when we'd be having conversations and strong feelings and strong dialogue always over cups of tea. Oh my gosh, I wish other people could listen in on these conversations. And now it's happening. We have people from Canada, from Australia, from Great Britain, from South Africa, sending us reviews so we know you're listening. And it's it's crazy. So Christy, I... I got to start out by just sharing a few of these. Okay, okay? I'm ready. <laughs> because I think it's so much fun. All right, this is a comment left by Andrea, who is in Wasilla, Alaska. Ooh, I have a few friends in Alaska. You have friends in Alaska? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know why that's so fun to me, but it is. All right, this is what Andrea says. I just finished listening to episode seven this morning, which I believe is the episode called Instead of Setting Goals try this. Mm. It's about your 2000 egg Easter egg oh, hunt. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't listened to that, go back to episode seven. So she says, I just finished listening to episode seven this morning as I did dishes and all the things that being a stay-at-home mom brings on a regular Thursday morning. Lisa and Christy's words of encouragement met me exactly where I've been lately, stepping forward with God one obedience step at a time. I've been invited by God to do some pretty amazing things, but the how is still unclear and that's okay. They helped affirm that in me this morning. Their stories and examples are fun, real, and a perfect glimpse into the lives of the Lord's ordinary people doing extraordinary things to His kingdom purpose. I encourage everyone to join in the conversation. So do we. (laughs) Andrea, thank you so much for leaving that review. And we love, love, love that our conversation becomes a shared conversation. That's right. So often I feel frustrated when I read the reviews because I want to reply back. Yeah. But there's no way to do it. There is a way to have a joint conversation. So maybe not in the 
reviews on the podcast app, but we're on Instagram so much. And if you tag us there, Lisa Jo Baker, Christy Purifoy, we can talk to one another. (laughs) And if you use the hashtag out of the ordinary Ordinary podcast, podcast, then everybody who follows that hashtag will be part of the conversation too. That's even better. I like that. Meet us over there, you guys. Okay, here's a comment from Canada. I really like her comment title. You two are a joy with two exclamation marks. <laughs> Seriously, is there room for more in that attic room? <laughs> I, I see a few empty chairs. Spaces. Yep. <laughs> we, we record up here on the third floor of Christie's farmhouse. You two bear each other's burdens and unpack them and apply God to them and give ways to apply what you've learned to so many situations. It's unpretentious. I really like that. <laughs> Honest and what makes it unique is the transparency and heart. And this last review is from Australia. Now, what is so fun about this one? It's from Shelby in Australia. Apparently, she's listening to the podcast with her best friend who is South African, but they're not in the same place together. So they listen and then they get to talk about it together afterwards. And I love that. She says, I'm so glad to have found this. My best friend who's South African born and I... And apparently she says she's living in her own 100-year-old farmhouse. Oh, wow. So how fun. Oh, I w- I'd love to in see Australia. A, I'd love to see a picture of you. I want to see a picture you. of that. Shelby, if you're listening, please take a picture <laughs> and tag us on Instagram so we can all see it. We listen to this together. We share and unload all our thoughts after such beautiful conversations that sound so much like ours. It's a blessing to us both. Thank you, ladies. So thank you to everybody Mm. who's tuning in from all over the place. It's the wildest thing that you guys are listening in on our conversations happening here in a very tiny town in Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. in the United States. It's pretty exciting to think about these conversations, small conversations about ordinary things in this little bitty room. Reaching all around the world. I know, including South Africa, where my family, I know, listens. And the reason I know this is I had the most fun catch-up conversation with my dad recently. But instead of just catching up, whenever I shared something with him, he would say, oh, I know, I heard that on episode (laughs) such and such on the podcast. (laughs) I was like, dad, wait, what? (laughs) So he's become an avid podcast listener, and he's up to date on my life because he's listening to our stories. But what I realized is that we share some of the stories that you and I have been journeying for years, Mm -hmm. but we only have like half an hour here to try and share little pieces of every story, which means that there are large parts of every story that are untold. Mm -hmm. And so there have been some follow-up questions people have had about some of the stories we shared, one in particular to do with your sister, Kelly, and the story of her husband, Sean, who had gone missing while they were stationed in Hawaii. So today we thought we would try, with Kelly's permission, to share some more of that story, because while it's a very painful one, it has some incredibly beautiful pieces. That's right. I think we that was episode 11, When Life is a Series of Interruptions. Am right. I right in remembering yes. that? Okay. So if you um, didn't hear that story, maybe you want to go back and, and listen to episode, episode 11. episode, you were talking about your book launch. That's right. And right in the middle of it is when Sean went missing. Right. And we talked about how sometimes there are small interruptions in life, but sometimes there are really devastating ones that we live through and we have to figure out how to keep moving forward. So if you haven't heard it, it's episode 11. It's really the preamble to the story we're going to share today. And just like real conversations where one story 
jumps into another story, yeah. leads to another story. I'm realizing how interconnected our podcast episodes are because they're story-based, mm-hmm. because they're conversation-driven. So even the story that we want to tell today is connected to the stories we were telling in the pre last week's episode. Yeah, just, a, just last week. We were talking about labels mm-hmm. and those labels that whether they're intended to be negative or not, the way they stick to you. And um, that was a really good conversation. I feel like I'm still <laughs> thinking through the labels that that I don't need to be carrying. But that conversation about labels made me think about names. And names are more powerful than labels. Yeah, I like names that. Yes. are good names are true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they are weighty things. And I realized that my favorite story about names belongs to my sister, Kelly Campbell. So I'm going to tell a story and it connects back, as you said, to that experience when Sean went missing in Hawaii. So for those of those folks who haven't heard the full story, and I think they should go back and listen to it. What's the synopsis just so people know where we're, where we're entering back in mm-hmm. who Sean and Kelly are? So I'm the oldest of four kids. I have two younger sisters and a younger brother. And my dad has always been fond of saying that um, he's very glad that our country is not any larger because if it were, we would live even further apart. (laughs) Because apparently we have all (laughs) chosen (laughs) different corners of this country to to live in. And so he used to say that, but that was actually before my sister Kelly and her husband Sean moved to Hawaii. (laughs) So then they, they were all of a sudden even farther away. And they moved there because Sean was was a Marine. He was a helicopter pilot and they'd lived in, the, the military had taken them to many different places. And so about four years ago, the military brought them to Hawaii. But three years ago, right, and this is the story I told in that episode, right before uh, my book Roots and Sky was released, um, in the middle of January, uh, Sean left home for a night training mission. Uh, there were 12 Marines on two helicopters And during the night, something went wrong. And all we knew the next morning is that he had not come home. Those helicopters had not returned to their base. And we didn't know at first what had happened. So there was a massive uh, search and rescue operation. And that story made national news. It was headline for weeks. It did. And I pretty quickly made the decision to fly to Hawaii. I took my my daughter, Lily, so she could be there with her cousins. And um, other family and friends came in, and we waited together. But uh, eventually what we learned is that... Um, that Sean and these other men were not coming home in the way that we had prayed for and hoped for, that they had, in fact, um, Sean had gone home right away. Mm. <laughs> he he hadn't been, he wasn't lost in the water, but there had been an accident and Sean went home that night. And that was three years ago. So we're right at almost the, exactly. almost exactly, mm-hmm. we're right at the the three-year anniversary. And so these, these are uh, in my family and among um, all of Sean's uh, friends and family, these are weighty days. These are mm. days of memory, days of storytelling. Um, there are many anniversaries. There aren't just the anniversary um, of, of the day he died, but you know, we remember the the days right before before he died, and those were actually really special days. My other sister, Lisa, was out there with her family, and they were enjoying vacation together. So there's just a lot to remember and reminisce about this time of year. And one of the things I have been remembering in particular is the story of Sean's name. Mm. So uh, his name is Sean Campbell, 
My sister's name is Kelly Campbell. Their four children are named Campbell. But that name, Campbell, um, comes with a a story. It's yeah, a good story. It's a good one. And I'll just preface it by saying it's not my story. And so um, as much as I love this story and I love sharing it because I think it's such a powerful one, I talked with my sister Kelly ahead of time and just said, Kelly, you know I love this story. Would you mind if in my own imperfect way, if I tried to to pass it on with my listeners? It's a story you knew, Lisa Joe. I've shared it with you in the past many times. And um, Kelly, just so graciously knowing that this is a story that's meant to be shared said, yes, yes, go ahead. But I do say that because it's not my story, I know there will even be some listening who who uh, knew and loved Sean, who may know parts of the story that I don't even know, or may think like, well, that's not exactly how I would tell the story. And um, and I, I think there are like, like a lot of good stories, there are probably a thousand ways to tell this one. Yeah. And, and Kelly will tell it one way. And uh, my nieces and nephews one day will tell it a different way. But in my own strength, I'm going to try to try to tell it um, and not take too much time <laughs> doing it. No, it's a story worth soaking in. It's a story worth taking time because if we're going to talk about labels and the places we come from and how we understand our own identity, this to me is the most beautiful picture of what it looks like to take a name. To take a name. And to yeah. live up to a name and then the gift that name becomes to a family that, that really transcends the people who who originated that name, right. how we get to hold on to a legacy. And in the same way that we talked last week about the disciple John, who named himself, himself. Yes. I am the disciple yes. whom Jesus loved. Yeah. Sean named himself. Sean named himself. It's the yeah. most powerful story, so take <laughs> your time. Yeah, I, I thought after last week about, it's about choosing labels and choosing names. And that's what this story is. If I'm going to give it a title, I'm going to say, um, to choose a name, to take a name. So what happened is this. Um, Sean and Kelly, we went to the same college. Um, they met in college. Uh, we hung around the same places, same church and coffee shop. And um, they met and very quickly fell in love, decided to get married. And one of the most important things that happens culturally when when a young couple decide to get married is they think about a name. Quite often, the woman takes the the man's mm -hmm. name and they have a new family name. It's not always done that way, but um, the there's usually a decision to be made about the name. Well, um, Sean and Kelly talked about that, and they ran into a kind of hurdle or a roadblock, a question they had. And the question was this. Sean had... Uh, a legal name, and that was not the name that he was known by. So we have names and then we have names, right? So he had a name legally um, that had belonged to uh, his birth father, but he didn't know that man, hadn't had a relationship with him growing up. But later in his childhood, he had a relationship with a stepfather. And so he began going by that stepfather's name. Mm. But then a little bit down the road, uh, that stepfather was no longer a part of his life. And so the name that he was known by was no longer attached to a, a father figure in the way that it had once been. So as he and Kelly talked about, well, what name will we take? Their decision was given added weight because at this time, Sean was um, making a choice to enter the Marines. And so there were forms to fill out. <laughs> there were, you know, forms related to the marriage, forms related to his commitment to the military, and all of these were asking 
what is your name? Isn't that always the first what is question or the first line right. on any document or form? And when you name. introduce yourself to people, yeah. it's like the first thing, the What's exchange name? of names. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, children, like yes. little kids in kindergarten <laughs> learn to write their name, their name first. It always, it comes back to your name. So at, at this point, Sean did not have an easy answer to that question. And he didn't have a name that felt right to then share with Kelly. And so they they had these questions. Well, the other thing about Sean is that um, he was not only going to choose a name, he chose for himself a father. Mm. So he um, had a relationship in these years with an incredible man uh, whose family was a part of our church. And this man mentored Sean and they, they were just buds. They were just <laughs> friends, <laughs> but it was a great relationship. And, and uh, Sean asked this man, can I take your name? Mm. Can I take your name? I need a name. And I think in essence, he was asking, can I take you yeah. as a father? Can I Will take you be mine? Will you, Will you be you mine? To me? Yeah. Can I take your wife as a, my as a mom? Yeah. yeah. Can I take your daughters as sisters? You know, all mm. of that was a part of this question. Can I take your name? And this man named Campbell, <laughs> said, yes, yes. And uh, I think it was extra sweet for them in some ways because they had a family, but they had daughters. They didn't have a son before they didn't this have time. A son. They didn't right. have a son. And um, on the day that um, they and Sean and Kelly went to the courthouse to make it official, make this name change official, I believe, I wasn't in town at the time, but I believe there was a party afterwards. And what I've heard is that on the front lawn of the Campbell <laughs> family so home were those signs. I'm sure you've seen on Lisa Joe when someone yes. brings a new baby home to yes. their, their house and they'll put a sign out front that says, it's a boy. <laughs> and so I think in the, the Campbell family front yard was a sign that said, it's a boy, which just shows that they understood the significance of what was happening. And they really claimed Sean as their son, the way he had asked to claim them as, as parents, um, and especially Mr. Campbell as a father, as a father figure. Quick pause, Christy, because as you know, we love to shine a spotlight on friends of the show. In order to serve our listeners. And offer resources that delight, serve, and hopefully excite our community. So here's today's spotlight. Whispers and Wildflowers by Sarah Beth Marr. It's a brand new 30-day devotional, and I was immediately excited about it because I admit I judge a book by its cover. And Lisa Joe. I want to hang this cover on my wall. <laughs> it looks like a watercolor painting of my garden in spring. This book is meant to be a 30-day retreat, not just a book, a retreat. It's meant to slow us down long enough to hear whispers, long enough to see the wildflowers that grow even in the most desolate places. I'm excited about this book because right now, this month at Maplehurst, I am longing for spring, and Sarah Beth is speaking right to me when she writes about our spring-hungry hearts. This beautiful book just released this week. Again, it's called Whispers and Wildflowers. It's by Sarah Beth Marr. This is a book to make your own. There are prompts for journaling. There's white space for your ink pen or your colored pencil. And I think it's ideal this time of year as I consider not only what I want to grow in my garden, 
but what I want to see grow in my life. This book will cultivate rest and renewal. Look for it everywhere books are sold or go straight to Amazon through the link in our show notes. Continuing on the theme of books that have this gardening metaphor, Christy, we're delighted to be able to shine a spotlight on another friend of the show, thanks to the generosity of Baker Books, who's sponsoring today. But a good friend of both of ours, Michelle DeRusha, has a new book out called True You, Letting Go of Your Full Self to Uncover the Person God Created. And Christy, you and I have both read, loved, and endorsed this book. That's right. And it continues this idea that we get from our garden of pruning. Michelle talks about a God who prunes us in order to slow us down and help us grow in the right direction. And in my own endorsement of the book, I wrote, if you feel lost in your own life, this book is an invitation to pull over and wait for direction. And Michelle is a trustworthy guide to sit with. That's one of the things I love about this book. She's quick to offer her own stumbles, her failed missteps, the wrong directions she's traveled in, in order to encourage us in our own journey too. Here's a book that will help you in this new year declutter your heart, mind, and soul, let go of busyness and false identities, and grow in relationships, vocation, communities, and intimacy with God. Also available everywhere books are sold, and you can just easily jump over through the link in our show notes. Okay, back to our conversation. So the name was a story we told, and we thought that that was the whole story. And we would mm. tell the story of Sean's name and, and Kelly's name, and it was a good story. But really, it was just, I guess, the first half of the story. Mm. Because one of the things I think we all quickly realized when we went to Hawaii, um, and the Campbells flew in, the extended Campbell family <laughs> um, flew in, and we all gathered together, and there was there was so much support and love and and um, just of being together in a really difficult time. And that when the news finally came that um, Sean would not be coming home in the way that we had hoped, and that Kelly and their kids would have to go on without him, we realized that Sean had, um, in his choice of a name and in his choice of a father, had left them with something much bigger than a name. He mm-hmm. had left them with um, family. Mm-hmm. He had left them with family. He had left them with um, a father and a mother and siblings and uh, nieces and nephews who would support Kelly and the kids and be there for them in ways that we were only just beginning to realize would be absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. And so the name had always been a good gift. Mm-hmm. But suddenly in those really hard days that followed his death, we realized how good the gift was, mm. that it was a choice Sean had made that would bear fruit in ways we hadn't anticipated, that would have repercussions that we just couldn't have predicted. And so what had always been a good thing became a very good thing. A very good thing. And I can remember being in Hawaii and at one point turning to Mrs. Campbell and just saying So they all came out. They all came they out. Were all they were all there. I mean and they were his his real family. Yeah. And just what did I even say? I, I was I I can't even remember the words, but I remember just trying to express to her that we'd always known that that Sean and Kelly needed them. 
but now we saw just how how needed they were how necessary how necessary they were and i think in that moment i i imagined alternative story i imagined what if sean had had not valued a name so much what if he had said oh it doesn't really matter what mm-hmm. matters is that we're getting married that's all right. that matters the name right. itself is unimportant which you know is a legitimate Mm. It's a legitimate thing to mm-hmm. think, you know, what's in a name after all. Um, what if he had done that? What if he had said, oh, I can't, I can't ask this man for more than he's already given. Mm-hmm. You know, he's mentored me. He's loved me. Like, that's, an, that's enough. I can't ask for more. What if he had said that? What if he had said, you know, I'm just a man without a father mm. and that's okay. But he hadn't done those things. He had wanted more and he had chosen more. And he had done it for himself, but I think really he had done it for his wife. He'd done it for the kids they hadn't even had yet. And his choice to do that and to pursue that, it was like he laid claim to a legacy mm. that is just going to to grow. It's just mm. going to grow because there are four children <laughs> yeah. who look like him, who have his eyes and who have that name, Campbell, and who can say, this name was chosen for me. Do they call Mr. and Mrs. Campbell grandma and grandpa? They do. They have particular names yes. that I, yeah, you know how all our kids right, have right, their own right. grandma, grandpa names. Right. But yes, yes, the Campbells are grandma and grandpa. There are aunts and uncles. There are Campbell cousins. It's a real, it's a real family. That is a very powerful thing. That idea that the legacy that is ours is something that we can actively participate in. Yes. Because I'm sure that there are people listening who also come out of broken stories and broken families. And I think much like in our last conversation about labels, it's easy to start to believe this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what I've loved always about this story is how Sean was so proactive to seek out right. a person and a name right. and to write a new story and a new hope and a new future exactly for his family and for who he would be, what exactly. identity he had. Exactly. I think that's what I love most about the story is what it reveals about him. Mm. To be honest, I don't understand. I don't understand it. How could he have been so right. far-seeing? How could he have been so wise? You know, how could he have, <laughs> have made those choices? And yet, yeah. oh, thank goodness that he did. And yet it inspires me to think, okay, what, what choices are, are possible for me to make? Right. What, what legacy is there that God is just waiting for me to reach out and say, yes, yes, I receive this. I claim this. What right. name? What right. name has been given to me? And God is just waiting for me to... To wear it, to claim it, to share it. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it's an encouragement, too, that there is a God who goes ahead of us. Yeah. You know, maybe Sean didn't know what it was that kept prompting him to think that he should search so hard for this name. You know, maybe he couldn't have put into words Mm -hmm. why, but... I often tell myself either what we believe about God is true or it isn't. Mm -hmm. And as you and I have talked about often, it's the most true in those incredibly excruciating moments. Those are the times when either what we believe is true or it isn't. And it seems certainly from listening to the testimony of Kelly, but of you who I get to hear from firsthand, it is true that there is a God who goes ahead of us mm-hmm. and prepares a way. And it might be a very painful way. It might be a broken way. It might not be the way that we would choose. But there is a comfort in knowing there is a God who prepares a way. And I was thinking about, um, we've talked before, we've referenced the story of 
Moses and the people of Israel coming out of Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. And they went on this journey and God prepared a way for them and then literally traveled in front of them right. as a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. And I was looking up in Exodus, this is in Exodus chapter 3, um, starting around verse 16, I'm reading from the message version, and it's very interesting because as we know from the story, Moses is very reluctant about this future that is unfolding. He had a speech impediment. He didn't want to lead. He was nervous to go before Pharaoh. He wasn't a natural born leader. God pushes him (laughs) into this place, and he has this very unique exchange with God as he's now preparing to lead these people. It says, Moses said, he's talking to God. If your presence doesn't take the lead here, call this trip off right now. How else will it be known that you're with me in this, with me and your people? Are you traveling with us or not? (laughs) I love how Moses talks to God. How else will we know that we're special and your people among all other people on this planet Earth? God said to Moses, all right, just as you say, this also I will do, for I know you. I know you well, and you are special to me. I know you by name. And I think about Sean and how God knew him by name. Yeah, God knew the name that he was born with. God knew the name of his stepfather. And then God knew the name he would choose for himself Mm -hmm. and for his family. But more than that, God knew the legacy he would leave. Mm -hmm. And God led. And that's a hard thing to wrap our heads around. Mm -hmm. It's not a choice we would make for ourselves. And I think you and I have both been marked by loss in our lives. Mm -hmm. I think about you and Sean, and my mom died the week to the day, actually, after I turned 18. And her name was Joe. She joked her whole life about how she was just Joe because people would be like, what's that short for? And then she'd always say, it's just Joe. Joe. (laughs) And her maiden name was Sem, S-E-M. So she was literally Joe Sem, like (laughs) the shortest name ever. Um, And then she married my dad and she was still just Joe. But when she named me, she gave me her name, Lisa Mm. Joe. And it's actually the name taken from many generations of women in her family. It's derived from a Dutch name. It's the shortened version of Johanna. Mm. So that's where the Joe comes from. And so through the generations, the name Joe was passed down and she had the shortest version of it. And then she (laughs) attached it to mine and I became Lisa Joe. And then she passed away after I turned 18, but I had her name still to carry with me. And it is a very powerful thing to decide as you go forward what you're going to do with the name and what's the story that you're going to write. And so my son Jackson, when we were naming him, I said he is going to be named after all the strong women in his family. Oh, good and for you. And his middle name is Joe. He's Jackson Joe Baker. And the thing about God that's so interesting is that He knows what our stories will be, and He promises to be both before them, in the front, and behind them, because being outside of time gives Him that unique vantage point. Mm -hmm. And so, while we can look back at the hole that loss leaves, there's also this deep comfort in knowing there's a God who knows us by name, who knows us and who sees us by our names. Maybe we'll end... um, Is it all right if we end with one more scripture? Why? Why? (laughs) 
see permission all. Can we have too too much Bible in our? I don't think that we can. Because uh, the I original love. source of all the best there you stories. Go. And and think about the Bible and um all the names. All the names. Oh my! I was thinking yeah, that too, and then the I was meaning like, of the names. I haven't done enough research for this episode. I know. I there haven't are either. So many stories about names. The genealogies. Oh, you know. Yes. Um, the names handed down. Names it's, changed. I yeah. mean, often the changing of names to signal specific unique callings on people's lives. Yeah, I have a feeling we'll come back to this. We'll have another conversation yes, about, about I think that. we do need to. But I, I'll just end reading a few verses from Isaiah 43. And honestly, I don't know how this happens, Lisa Joe. I don't know if this has been your experience at all, but when Sean died, immediately there were these scriptures that were just there for us. Mm. And I, I can't even look back and say, how did it happen? It, it's just that all of a sudden we were all reading the exact same thing really? in our Bibles. Yeah. Wow. And, and so I think that's just how we knew, like, this is God really speaking to us mm. very specifically and comforting us. And so there were a couple of those, but one of those um, was Isaiah 43. And I'll just read a little bit. And I'll say as well that I don't know if I've ever taken you out actually to show you the tree we planted for we, Sean. How have we never done that? Because yeah, I've seen it all. I watched the pictures of it when yeah. you were doing it. Yes, that's happening. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do that. So we um, we planted an oak tree. I, I wanted something here that would grow, that would just be attached to Sean, that would, when his kids came to visit, it would be... Um, here in Pennsylvania. It would be here for them. It would, yeah, I, I I just really wanted that. And and so we planted an oak tree and we put a little plaque on a rock at the base of it with his name and just the reference, Isaiah 43. And it says, but now this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, those names again, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And you know, Lisa Joe, I'm a little teary because of course I'm thinking of Sean and I'm remembering Sean. But I'm also thinking about just, you know, more recent things where I have felt like, wow, can I keep my head above these waters? <laughs> I don't know. Or this river is raging. I'm not sure if I'm going to make mm-hmm. it to the other side. So even for me today, it feels really important to remember <laughs> that I am known in this way and I am summoned by name. Mm-hmm. And the one who has named me and knows my name is has made this promise. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Mm-hmm. God was with Sean when he passed through those waters off the coast of Hawaii. God did not abandon him. Mm. God welcomed him home. And God is with his his wife and children today. And God is with anyone who's listening today who who knew Sean and loved him. God is with you now. And God is with me um, as I feel the water sometimes rising. And God is with you as you remember your mother, Mm. your Joe. We all get to live in the legacy of those names. And the comfort of a God who calls us each by name. Lisa Joe, one of the gifts of that time, that very hard time, that time of grief, was the way people gathered around mm-hmm. and were just present with us in right. our sadness. And I imagine that's something you have um, experience with as well yeah. uh, from your own life. Mm-hmm. So I know that we have more to say about that. And I think we should do an episode 
Let's have yeah. a conversation. Let's tell I think some next stories. Week we're gonna do. We're going to we're going to unpack that. What does it look like to be with someone in their grief? Cuz I know grief can be really daunting and and, and almost scary. People don't want right. to step into it. It takes a kind of courage. But but when people do, when they step into it with you, it's really beautiful. It's, yeah. Okay, next week, guys, tune in. We're going to have a conversation. So if you've ever wondered, how do I walk with someone through grief? Or you're going through grief and you wish people would do a better job <laughs> of how they walk through it, you can yeah. send them this episode. We'll talk about that next week.